And so this morning what I want to do is I want to follow up on that message that we talked about last Sunday on lust. I want to talk to you about cravings and how we conquer the cravings in our life. Cravings are natural. I will tell you, I, I, I have them. I have, there, there are a number of things that will grab my attention. For example, the hot and now light at Krispy Kreme, it has a voice. <laughs> and it, it calls to me. And if I go, uh, for me, it's not a one donut stop. Uh, it's, it's at least a six donut stop. If they would let me, I would lay on that conveyor belt and just go underneath that icing fountain. I mean, that, that's just like my, my personal fantasy is just to, just to, be, just to be covered in that. Just, right? That issue of, of craving uh, what we crave. And listen, craving will get us to do things that well, we don't like to admit. When I was growing up, I'm, I'm the 12th or 13th children, when I grew up, there were eight kids living at home. And so when food came out, you had to stake your claim immediately. We never had leftovers in our house. This idea of leftovers, that was, a, that was a foreign concept to us. I mean, it was just gone. And, and my mother, when she made things, like when my mother opened up a box of spaghetti, she didn't have to measure out how much. She just ripped the top of the box off and dumped it in because she knew she had these, just these, you know, ravenous children. And, and, and so, so when, especially when desserts came out, you had to stake your claim. Now, in some households, you can do that by going, that's mine, not in the Garvin household. If you're a bit more aggressive, here's what you'd have to do. You'd have to go poke your finger in it, right? Boom, that's my piece of apple pie. Not in my household. You had to take it and grab it and lick it. It's not always safe, though, right? Because it's just, it's just somebody licking it. I mean, if it's, if it's really good, you can look. Don't judge me. It's that, it's that moment for those of you that, are, that, that, that were Seinfeld fans when George Costanza sees the eclair and it's sitting on the top of the trash can, right? It's on the top of the trash can. It's not like he had to dig through it. Come on, you've all thought about it. Some of you have done it. Don't raise your hand. I know the confession is good for the soul, but that's one you want to keep, seriously, that's one you want to keep private. But we, we battle this issue of, of craving, Right? And, 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 and here's the thing, we, we shouldn't be surprised by that. It's, it's, it's natural. There's part of it that is psychological. There's part of it that's physiological. And in fact, the, the, the physical cravings that you have, God designed your body to crave. He designed your body to crave. See, you will, you will crave like a, a hamburger when your body says, I, I need more protein. You'll, you'll, have, you'll have craving for ice cream when your body knows, I need, I need more fat. I need more, I need more stuff to build with. You'll crave something sugary when those blood sugar levels begin to drop. And so it's a natural thing. God designed your body to have these triggers or these cues to tell you that there's a need. But here's what the enemy does. He, he takes those and he, he twists them. Right? So some of you, you walked in here today and, and even as you sit in this room, you're, you're craving a cigarette. You're, you've, been trying to, you've been trying to wean yourself off of 
the drug habit. You've said, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to look at those inappropriate pictures anymore. And, and you walked in and here's what you said. You said this, you know what, I'm going, to, I'm going to fight this. I have the willpower to beat this. Let me help you. You ready? No, you don't. Willpower alone never conquers craving. Let me say that again. Willpower alone never conquers craving. In fact, willpower has almost no impact on craving. When we attempt to deal with the cravings in our life with willpower alone, it inevitably leads to failure, which fuels guilt, which energizes the craving. See, when I decide this, I'm going to get better on my own power and my own strength. I'm going to get better because I'm absolutely determined to do this. When I fail to accomplish that because of my own humanness, it then makes the craving all the stronger. But I'm here to tell you there's a better way. There's a better way. The Apostle Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 8. He said this. He says that for if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. Because those who are led by the spirits, they're sons of God. If we're led by the Spirit of God, we're, we're a child of God. And, and, and it's, it's having this understanding of of living by the Spirit, right? And, and that's, the, that's the challenge that we face. I, I love what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. I love what Paul says in Romans chapter 8 because I connect so well with what he says one chapter earlier in Romans chapter 7. Here's what he says in Romans chapter 7. He says, so I find this law at work. And, and I, I think that's a powerful statement that he makes there. I find this law at work. I find this axiom at work. I find this undeniable principle at work. I, I find this statement of fact at work. It's not a theory. It's not an idea. It's a, it's a proven reality. I find this law at work when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Does anybody else relate to what Paul writes? Anybody besides me? When I, when I want to do good, I, I find that evil is right there with me. This, this issue, this battle, right, between good and evil, this battle between what, what Scripture refers to as, as flesh and spirit, us in our natural state and us in, in, in the state that God desires for us. Right? When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, Paul writes in, in Romans 7.22, I delight in God's law. It, 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 in the depths of my soul, I want this connection with God. I want this relationship connection with God. And I, I want to live a life that honors him. He says this, yet I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. He says this in verse number 24, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Now, 
if you, if you only read that portion of Romans chapter 7, you can go, well, what use is there in trying? If I try to do good, evil is right there with me, even though at soul level, I want to live honorably and I want to live right and I want to do things that are pleasing to God and, and things that, that, that line up with what his plan is for me. But it seems like I struggle and falter and fail all the time. And, and in this battle, I lose more than I win. I am a wretched person. I can relate to what Paul says. Who can save me from this? But he doesn't stop there. He says this, but thanks be to God who always, always, say that with me, always, come on, always, thanks be to God who always leads me into triumph. See, then he goes on and he says this, going into Romans chapter 8. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Right? For the law of the Spirit, the love in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Our God is not in the guilt business. He's not in the condemnation business. Which, by the way, is contrary from what a lot of people will try to tell you about God. A lot of religion has presented God as, and a lot of us come to know God as, because of the distortion that the enemy tries to bring into your mind. That God is this big bloodshot eyeball in the sky with lightning bolt in hand waiting for you to do something wrong to zap you. And... If you don't follow his formula, you're done. This issue of grace, uh, it gets lost in religion. And, and here's where we find ourselves. Is even, even in a God connection, we buy into the misconception, oh, the downright deception that somehow I can be a good person or a godly person through my own individual efforts or my own willpower. And, and that's, where we, that's where we end up landing on this whole thing that what Christians are, they're people who don't smoke, don't dance, don't drink, don't chew, don't hang around with those that do. And yet, the cravings are a natural part of the way that you are wired. And the enemy understands that and he takes them and distorts them. So simply denying the cravings does not work. That's the reason why Paul saying in Romans chapter 7, if I'm left in my own devices, I'm a mess. I'm done. I'm a wretched man, he says. Who will rescue me from this body of death. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, I am rescued. So what, what, what causes these cravings? Well, first of all, it's, it's a misunderstanding. It's, it's misunderstood hunger, right? When I, when I want to do good, evil is right there with me. So it's a distortion of, of the natural hunger that we have. Well, there you go. I want, right? That's what I want. I got to have it. And it, 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 it calls to us. It, 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 it's fueled by this 
misperception or this misunderstanding. And, and then what happens is it begins to affect our thought process. Right? So not only do we misunderstand what the hunger, what this natural thing inside us is trying to tell us, then what happens is this spiritual warfare that's happening around us, the enemy will take our misunderstanding of what's naturally happening in us and twist it and create these malign thoughts. Look at verse number 22. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law that works in the, member of, in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner. And the, and the battle is won or lost in the mind. And as we give way to these unhealthy thoughts, the power that really is within us power that is within us because make no mistake there is power within you there's absolutely power in you right? as a believer there's power within you that's the reason why uh, Paul, Paul, Paul said this to the church at Ephesus he prays this prayer he says I pray that the eyes of your heart may be open or that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may, may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance and the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The incomparably great power for us who believe. Right? In Romans, he says this, if the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives in you, it will quicken or it will energize you. And so, so we, have this, we have this power within us if God dwells within us. But what happens is if we're not careful, even that power gets manipulated. This is the reason why, here, here's, here's, here's what Colossians 3 tells us. It tells us, put to, death, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. I, I want you to notice this, that in Colossians 3, it separates lust and evil desires. Okay? What is lust? Lust is intense desire. And in the negative context, it's distorted, intense desire. That evil desires could also be translated as cravings. Okay, these cues or these triggers that you have that, that, that come. And what we have to do is we have to, where it says in, in, in Colossians 3 that we have to put to death, it, 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 in essence it means to render powerless. Okay, I have to render powerless the cravings that I have. Sir, that unhealthy habit you have, if you decide not to do it, the cravings do not go away. And here's what you'll find. You'll find that some things, for example, uh, they, they tell us that, this t the, that if I want to go through the process of bringing a cessation of, uh, of smoking uh, uh, cigarettes in my life, that it will take 6 to 12 months to get rid of the daily cravings. You, are, you will still have episodic cravings. There are, some, there are some drugs, crack cocaine, they will tell you that seven years later that that voice that is crack cocaine, that it will speak to the addict. Seven years later, there's, there still is that issue of craving. And so to deny 
the fact that that voice is there, to deny the fact that, that, that we have that appetite for that, to deny the fact that it calls to us. And, and here's, here's where I want to pick on organized religion. Here's where, where, where I want to pick on the church a little bit. For someone to come in and say, look, I have the challenge because the issue of alcoholism is a voice that calls to me or the issue of meth is a voice that it calls to me or the issue of pornography has a voice and it calls to me or the issue of having illicit physical relationships with people that I'm not married to has a voice and it calls to me. If a man or a woman comes into church and acknowledges that, here's what's gonna happen, we're gonna go, whoa. I don't know if you know this, friend, but we don't talk that way here. You need to keep that stuff to yourself. Because we are the chosen frozen. <laughs> Look at us. We are all perfect. Look around. Look at all these perfect people. Do you realize the person sitting next to you has absolutely no problems in their life? Okay? They did not argue with their spouse on their way to church this morning. They, they didn't, okay? When the offering plate came by, they had no problem, man. They gave faithfully everything that God says to give in his word, and there was no pressure whatsoever. They were like, oh, yeah. They witnessed to 42 people this week. They translated a new version of, of, of the Bible. I mean, that, that's, that's who they are. In reality, ma'am, watch the person next to you. Watch your purse. Because you're, you're, you're with a group of people, he who has begun a good work in you will continue that work until it's day of completion. And so every one of us, myself included, I, I have these voices in my life. I'm a gadget guy. The more buttons, the better. Let me tell you what I'm obsessing over right now. I'm obsessing over either an Xbox One or a PS4. Okay, I don't need your vote. Was that one of the teachers down here saying PS4? I think they just like the PS4 because PS public school. See, that's, that's, not even, that's not even a valid reason. Right? But I'm serious. I'm, I'm obsessing over it. In fact, I'm, I'm a little bitter towards our children's pastor because... Amazon had a great deal on Xbox One on Amazon Prime Day. And me being the altruistic guy that I am... Okay, you're going to see the halo up here over my head. I waited to actually purchase one to see if our youth ministry, or our children's ministry wanted one. And it takes Shake so long to get back to me, thanks Shake, that I missed out on this great deal. Now I still do not have a PS4 or an Xbox One in my home. It's okay, Ed. It's all right. Sometimes it's Sometimes it's kitchen conveniences. And I will, I will crave them. Because I see the infomercial and it looks so good. The Showtime rotisserie. Uh, 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 anybody, did anybody buy the Showtime rotisserie uh, thing that you cook rotisserie chicken with? Anybody else? I'm the only one. Come on, people. I know you bought it. There we go. Now I'm seeing the hands go up. All right. Right. And here's the thing. If you, if you watch this infomercial at all, which I'm sure that you've seen it, okay, just set it and what? Try, come on, just set it and? When you get the thing, 
Stamped on the outside of the box, here's what it says. When we say, set it and forget it, we don't really mean it. It says it right on the box. <laughs> what? That's your whole tagline. Just set it and forget it. Yeah, you can't set it and forget it. You have to sit and watch it, okay? And it makes this nasty sound like a gerbil on a wheel that has not been properly lubricated. And they don't show you all the prep that goes into getting this chicken onto this skewer. I think, where's my wife at? Because Jody always sits in different places. And so I know she, did we cook two chickens on the thing? And then gave it away. But now the magic bullet, that was different. Because I use that for at least a month. Right? Now I have, I, I don't use the magic bullet because now I have the ninja. But they've got an upgraded ninja, and so my ninja, the ninja that I have, is just horrible. It's a piece of junk. They call to me. They have a voice, and they call to me, okay? Cravings. And here's what it does to us. Look, look what it says in James chapter 4. It says this. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Let me, let, me, let me read that to you again because I want you to get this. Okay? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Does it not come from the desires that battle within you? So here's what happens. These cravings in our life, they, they ravage our relationships. That, that craving for those pictures. And here's what's interesting to me. Sir, if you're here and your wife battles with pornography, or ma'am, you're here and your husband battles with pornography, here's what you will find. You will find this. It's not that they don't love you. In fact, they deal with all these emotions because they do love you, but they also have this voice that calls them and, and draws them. Sir, do you understand what that does in your home, ma'am? Do you understand what that does in your relationship? And even if you don't fight about that, because in a lot of homes we won't talk about it, right? Because we don't want to acknowledge that it's an issue. But what it does is this, is it cultivates an environment. It creates an atmosphere where there's constant tension. Why? Because as I... As I give way to that voice, it destroys my other relationships. And my highest relationship becomes the relationship that I have with the craving, not the relationship that I have with the people that God has brought in my life to enrich my life and to help me to, to, to grow and to live and be all that he's called me to be. And so it, 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 it wreaks havoc on our relationships. It, it also, it, it, it destroys our faith. Right? It says in James chapter 4, it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. And you do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And so we ask God to engage in this area of our life. And God says, I'm not going to feed that unhealthy issue in your day. And you're like, well, God, I don't understand why you're not giving me this. 
Or we ask God to bless our relationships, but we keep feeding our relationships with with this unhealthy stuff. We ask God to bless what we're doing in career, but we continually self-sabotage because we give into the cravings rather than walking the life filled with the spirit that he wants us to to walk. We, we, We struggle with the issue of finance and we say, God, dig me out of this hole, but we give into the cravings and we buy a stupid video game that we don't need and doesn't enrich our life. And three weeks later, it's going to be sitting there underneath the TV doing absolutely nothing, just like the Xbox 360 that's at my house does right now. Right? But we get, we, get, we get sucked into this. And here's what we do. Is rather than acknowledging that this is a product of cravings not dealt with, what I do is this, is I blame God. God, the reason why I'm not getting ahead at work is because, it, is because you're not blessing. I pray and you do nothing. But God says this, you're compromising your character and it's influencing every area of your life. But if instead, if you were walking and living in the spirit and what you did is you, you displayed the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, those qualities, the people around you are going to go, that's the type of person that I want on my team and you're going to see yourself advance. But instead what you're doing is you are feeding your, your, the deceitful desires. You're feeding the flesh rather than feeding the spirit and that's the reason why you're not getting ahead. And then what it does is this, is it saps us of our strength. James 4, verse 4, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think God, do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? This is the reason why God, scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. In the next verse, James 4, he says this, Submit to God, therefore. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So how do I do this? How do I, how do I conquer the craving? Let me, let me take you back to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 says this, starting in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what I was powerless to do in that I I was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. Listen, that's, that's important for you to understand. Because this goes back to the issue that I was talking about. That we like to think that we can do it through willpower. If it's going to be, it's up to me. No, it's not. For what... The law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemns sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on when the nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Those who live according to the sinful nature cannot please God. So what's the key? 
So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not satisfy the desires of the sinful nature. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not satisfy the desires of the sinful nature. Here's where it starts. It starts with this. God, I recognize that I'm making a mess of this. I acknowledge my fault, my failure, what the Bible calls sin. I recognize that you have provided a path for victory in what your son Jesus did on the cross. And so, God, here's what I want to do. I want to give the whole mess to you. All that I am, all that I'm involved in, God, I, I want to give it to you. And here's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm surrendering it to you. Now, here's what I understand, God. I understand that when I do this, that life doesn't, I don't suddenly live in Pandora. Okay, where everything's beautiful and I, I, that's not the way it works. I'm still, in the, I'm still living in this world, right? The voices that call to me don't go away. But what happens is I have this, I have this new advocate called the Holy Spirit in my life. I have this new resource to draw on to help me understand the cravings. And instead of responding to the cravings inappropriately, I can respond to them appropriately. Every, listen to this, every unhealthy craving that you have is a distortion of a natural desire that God has given you. Let me say that again. Every craving that you have is a distortion of a natural desire that God has given you. And so here's what I have to do. I have to say, okay, God, give me a healthy understanding of why I have this craving. And let me respond to it in a healthy fashion. Whether it be a, an issue of, of, of like food craving, every food craving you have, it has, it, it, it's fueled out of a natural, a natural thing that happens in your body. Relationship craving, okay? The craving to, to, to engage in unhealthy activity is a distortion of a healthy, a, a healthy natural desire that God has created within you. Each one of you are created as relational beings. It, it says at the very beginning of the, of, of the Bible story, it's not good that man live alone. And it's not. I know it's not good for me to live alone. I told my wife a long time ago, I said, you know what, Jody, if something happens and God calls you heavenward before he calls me heavenward, I will not look at the funeral, but I, I will look pretty close after that because I, I love you more than life itself, but I'm, I would not, trust me, it, it would not be good for me to be alone. That would be a bad thing. Um, it would be, you know, just be, you, you'd come over to my house and it would just be riddled with, 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 Ice cream bucket. What wouldn't be ice cream buckets? Because I do frozen yogurt because that assuages my guilt a little bit. Um, but it, it just wouldn't be good. Um, it, so here's what the enemy does. He takes and he, he twists those things. Okay, so here's what I've got to do. I've got to do this. I have to set a spiritual course. 
Right? That's, what, that's what Romans 8, 5 says. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their mind set on what the nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. This is the reason why I encourage you to do this. I challenge you in this, that you need to have a daily time that you connect with God in worship and in devotion. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be massive. Okay? You know, you'll read books and it says, you know, give an hour in prayer. And you go, I, I can't give an hour in prayer. And it's okay because the guy who wrote that didn't have any children. This is true. Didn't have any children in the home. And they had somebody that came and cleaned their house twice a week. And just because even though it was just he and his wife in the house. Listen, when all you do is write and, and you don't have children and you don't clean your own house, you can spend an hour a day in prayer. Okay. Ma'am, if you've got three children at home and you're also, you're working two part-time jobs, it's going to be tough to find a time where you can just have an hour to sit and talk with God. I get it. And I'm not going to try to guilt you into spending an hour alone with God every day. But here's what I can tell you. I know you can carve out five minutes. Just to sit and spend time with God and reflect and worship. Okay? Big thing that helps deal with with the physical cravings in your life is eating breakfast, eating a healthy breakfast in the morning, even when you're not hungry. Remember this, you are physical and spiritual. Taking time to eat those Honey Nut Cheerios in the morning is very important. Taking a few moments to connect with God and to bring some spiritual nourishment into your life goes a long way to conquering those cravings. So it starts with setting a spiritual course. Now, ma'am, sir, if you don't have a daily quiet time with God and you go, today, boom, I'm doing it. Pastor said doing it, I'm doing it. And you start a daily quiet time with God. Let me tell you what's going to happen with the cravings in your life. Are you ready? They will still be there. They don't magically go away. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Pastor said that if I did this, that I would have victory. Yes, but I did not say that the cravings would go away. But what happens is this, is it brings strength in your life. The second thing that I've got to do is this, is I've got to separate myself from the sinful nature. Right? Romans 8, 6. "The The mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. And those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Here's what I've got to do. I have to separate myself from this issue of the sinful nature. And there's a number of things that factor into that. And and part of it is this. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Some of it is this. I have to go, you know what? I I cannot put myself in this place where I'm tempted. Sir, if you're an alcoholic, don't go stand in the wine section at Publix. Ma'am, if, 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 if you have a problem with the issue of, of physical images, here's what you need to do. Don't sit in front of the television. Okay? Don't watch that nighttime somehow masked in, in a hospital show soap opera where everybody's running off and having, having uh, relationships outside of the bond of marriage and then, and then wonder why you're constantly dealing with this issue. Because what you feed grows and what you starve dies. 
So I've got to, I've got to separate myself from the things of the, of the, of the sin nature. And, and then the third thing that I've got to do is this, is I've got to sense God in the situation. This is what I love about what it says in, in Romans 8, 11. It says this, and if the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that lives in you. What God wants you to do is he wants you to walk, he wants you to stand in victory. So bottom line, here's what I want you to go, with, go home with today. If you, if you get nothing else out of today, I want you to get this. Cravings are normal. Everyone faces them. Everyone. We all have that voice. Now it's, it's, it's customized for you. It's customized for your appetite. And it's customized according to your weakness. But we all have it. Maybe for you, it's a craving for prestige. Craving for stuff. A craving for experience. We, we, we all have it. The craving in its pure form is not a bad thing. Because God wants to prosper you and bless you. Everything that God created, he created for us to enjoy. Physical connection, physical relationship, God designed us this way. God did not design us as asexual beings. So those, those cravings, understand this, that they, they have their genesis, they have their origin in, in, in that which is healthy and that which is pure. But it's very important that we be able to recognize the distortion. Okay? So cravings are natural. Everyone has them. The unhealthy cravings are a distortion of what God intends to bring into my life to bless me. I do not have the ability to defeat them on my own. But the enduring presence of the Holy Spirit in my life gives me everything that I need through this incomparably great power that is a wonderful product of the relationship that I have with God. Ma'am, you can walk in victory. Sir, you can walk in victory. Young person, you can walk in victory. You can conquer the cravings in your life. But you can only do so by putting your hand in God's hand and saying, God, I'm, I'm walking this thing out with you and I'm, I'm surrendering to you. What does it say in James 4, 7? Submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. God, I, I thank you that today that each and every one of us can live our lives as more than conquerors, that each and every one of us can live our lives as overcomers. I thank you today, God, that there is freedom from addiction. I thank you that there is freedom from pornography. I thank you today, God, that there is freedom 
from alcoholism. I, I thank you, God, today that there's freedom from materialism. I thank you, God, that there's freedom today from an uh, unhealthy obsession. I, I thank you today, God, that there is freedom from these cravings that the adversary uses to keep us discouraged, defeated, and attempt to destroy. So God, we, we come to you this morning and we first, we acknowledge the issue of the craving in our life. God, we admit that, that we have these things that they, they call to us. God, we also, we acknowledge that we cannot do it on our own, but we surrender to you. Have your way in me. I surrender to your will, O Lord. Have your way in me. Father, for that one that is here that has their sense of value, their sense of worth has been ravaged by the cravings that have been wreaking havoc in their life, in their home, in their family, in their marriage, in their career. And they came here this morning feeling so defeated, so full of pain. I thank you today that the presence of an almighty God that the empowering of your Holy Spirit is bringing a renewed hope, a renewed determination, a legitimate health into their situation. God, we commit this to you. In Jesus' name, amen.